Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Mm-hmm. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. That's right. It's the Friday edition of the Todd and Oz Show at 532. So glad you chose to join us up early this morning. Look at you. Uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. Joe Biden, he uh, took a trip to the southern border, calling on Republicans to back the Senate border bill. Here's Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. When I hear the president and any of the Democrats try to blame the Republicans on that bill, that it was a bipartisan bill. No, it wasn't. It was about four idiot Republican senators and all Democrats who wanted to pass the bill. That was it. Meanwhile, House Republicans are introducing and passing their own legislation to fund the Border Patrol agents, resume wall construction, and restarting the Remain in Mexico policy. Democrat-controlled Senate is refusing to take up that legislation. Meanwhile, the president, Joe Biden, and the former president, Donald Trump, they made a stop at the border in very different locations. Former President Trump visited Eagle Pass, Texas, where Texas National Guard members and state law enforcement are stationed, and where the divide between the federal and state government is growing wider. It's a military operation. I mean, we have a military. This is like a war. Trump touted his immigration policies and pointed to the Biden administration when discussing the recent murder of Georgia college student Lakin Riley. A man believed to be in the U.S. illegally is charged in her killing. The monster that charged uh, charged in the death is an illegal alien migrant who was led into our country and released into our communities by crooked Joe Biden. He's crooked. Trump was joined by members of the Texas Guard and the state's governor, Greg Abbott, who said that Texas will continue to do what he insists the federal government won't in securing the southern border. Unless and until Joe Biden steps up and does his job, that Texas will continue to bust those migrants to sanctuary cities all across the United States of America. Trump called what's happening at the border a Biden invasion. Last year, almost half of all ICE arrests were criminal aliens charged for more than 33,000 assaults, 3,000 robberies, 6,900 burglaries. The president was hundreds of miles away in Brownsville, Texas, where he took a different approach and offered a message to his political rival. Here's what I would say to Mr. Trump. Instead of playing politics with this year, Instead of telling members of Congress to block this legislation, join me, or I'll join you in telling the Congress to pass this bipartisan border security bill. We can do it together. There was some speculation the president could announce an executive order related to immigration, but he didn't. Instead, he doubled down on his call for Congress to pass a recently failed proposal he believes would fix the surge of migration. For this deal, we could hire 1,500 additional border security agents. 1,500 additional and officers. While no immediate action was taken at the border, the dueling trips brought attention to what will continue to be a top issue on the campaign trail. 
I'm Clayton Neville. Meanwhile, one of the toughest immigration laws in the country passed by Texas has been temporarily blocked by a federal judge. U.S. District Judge David Ezra issued a preliminary injunction blocking the law from being enforced as a court battle plays out. The law would make it a crime to illegally enter Texas from Mexico, allowing local police to arrest migrants and judges to deport them. Texas Governor Greg Abbott. The goal of Senate Bill 4 is to stop the tidal wave of illegal entry into Texas. The U.S. DOJ and the ACLU fought it in court. ACLU attorney David Donati. It is the state of Texas usurping a power that belongs to the United States. It will invite racial profiling. Newsman Chris Fox reporting. It is 536. Wildfires in West Texas continue to grow and have become deadly. The state's largest recorded wildfire in history has now claimed two lives. On Thursday, the family of Cindy Owen, an Amarillo woman, says she died in an Oklahoma City burn unit after getting caught in the Smokehouse Creek fire in the Texas Panhandle. Another woman, 83-year-old Joyce Blankenship, a beloved grandmother, also died in the fire. Deidre Thomas is the Hutchinson County Public Engagement Coordinator. She said Blankenship died in her home as it burned in Stinnett, northeast of Amarillo. Thomas said some 20 other structures were burned by the Smokehouse Creek fire. The area in far north Texas that's being ravaged by wildfires is home to many farms and ranches. The herds of animals from horses to cows are being wiped out. There are reports of large numbers of deceased animals. There's no possible way to estimate numbers at this point. It's far too early. Dr. Deborah Zoran heads the Texas A&M Veterinary Emergency Team, which has joined the first responders. They'll be tending to the livestock that were trapped in their pens and could not escape the wildfires. Other animals were injured while trying to flee the flames. They'll be patched up and returned to their owners. Michael Board, TSN News. Assistance has come in from all over the nation as the Panhandle battles the largest wildfire in Texas history. But as the donations pour in, local fire departments are saying they have all the snacks and bottled water they need for the time being. In Gray County, Judge Chris Porter says the biggest need his departments have is cold, hard cash. They've gone through tires, transmissions, engines. Uh, their equipment's damaged from these fires. And monetary donations are always accepted at any of these volunteer fire departments. Right Right now, that's the most important donation you can give. Many of the departments have established Venmo and Cash App accounts in addition to setting up actual drop boxes outside their stations. In Pampa, Grant Merrill, TSN News. It is 5.38. The Senate has joined the House in kicking the issue of government spending down the road for another three weeks. Both the House and Senate easily passed the continuing resolution that keeps the government's doors open for at least another week and extending a second deadline to March 22nd. It comes as congressional leaders announced an agreement on six appropriations bills that will be read and voted on individually next week. Ahead of last night's vote, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he's happy they avoided a shutdown. When we pass this bill, we will have, thank God, avoided a shutdown with all its harmful effects on the American people. Speaker Mike Johnson defying those on the far right of his caucus, working with his fellow leaders to finalize the agreement. Appropriations process is, is ugly. Democracy is ugly. Um, this is the way it works every year, always has, except that we've instituted some new innovations. We broke the omnibus fever. 97 House Republicans voted against last night's extension, although 113 supported it. And it comes five months after a handful of House Republicans voted to boot former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy from his post 
for working with Democrats to secure a short-term funding deal that prevented a government shutdown. Two of those Republicans, Nancy Mace and Bob Good, were asked by CNN what's different now with Speaker Johnson seemingly doing the same thing that got McCarthy ousted. Well, he inherited a lot of Kevin, or Kevin McCarthy's bad deals, number one, so don't fault him for that. But number two, I'm going to say the same thing I've always said. Republicans and Democrats alike are spending too damn much, period. Uh, we have continued uh, with the CRs the same the same policies that uh, that I voted against on September 30, the last act of the previous speaker. That's true. Speaker Johnson says they're close to an agreement on the other six appropriations bills that would fund the Pentagon, Homeland Security, Health and Human Services, and the State Department. When all is said and done, Congress will likely have approved $1.6 trillion in spending for this fiscal year, the same as last year. John Stolness, Washington. It is 540. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin squared off with the House Armed Services Committee yesterday about why it took so long to notify the president, Congress, and the public about his hospitalization and stay in the intensive care unit after complications from prostate cancer surgery. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin admits the Pentagon screwed up by going days without telling the White House he was hospitalized last month. But at a House hearing, Austin was adamant. There was never any last in authorities or in command and control. At all times, either I or the deputy secretary was in a position to conduct the duties of my office. Austin says the Pentagon's made changes to improve the notification process if he has to transfer duties again. But Republicans like Jim Banks say it's troubling that it took three days for the commander in chief to find out his defense chief was off the job. Either the president is that aloof or you are irrelevant. Which one is it, Mr. Secretary? Austin says neither is true. Sagar Magani, Washington. The total fire damage estimate at the Kasulo Hotel is pretty high. It's a three-story building that went up in flames earlier this week and continued to flare up in the overnight hours and yesterday morning. Assistant Fire Chief Thayer Smith tells CBS Austin one firefighter was injured. He was treated at a minor emergency center last night and released uh, to go home. He had a minor second-degree burn on the back of his hand from radiated heat. Uh, he says that the third and second floor collapsed onto the first floor. That building is not safe to enter. Uh, nearly two dozen people staying there were reportedly Austin Energy employees who had been essentially living there for three months. The total damage is said to be around $3 million. A fire in the abandoned building next door reportedly carried over to the hotel. And Austin Fire say that this, uh, this is still an, an undetermined uh, uh, cause. <laughs> Welcome back. It's 549 here on the Todd and Oz Show. And yeah, you can join us too at 512-836-0590. A former U.S. diplomat has pleaded guilty to spying for Cuba. Securing America. A former U.S. ambassador to Bolivia pleaded guilty Thursday to serving as a secret agent for Cuba for decades. Manuel Rocha, who also served in Havana and Argentina, pleaded to acting on behalf of Cuba since at least 1981. At the time of his arrest in December, Attorney General Merrick Garland said that Rocha repeatedly referred to the United States as, quote, the enemy. The Department of Justice complaint against Rocha states that during a series of meetings in 2022 and 23 with an undercover FBI agent, Rocha engaged in a lengthy conversation during which he described and celebrated his activity as a Cuban intelligence agent while also referring to the late Fidel Castro as Comandante. His defense lawyer indicated in court that an agreement has been reached 
with federal prosecutors on the length of a potential prison sentence, but that information was not revealed Thursday. Kevin Uretsky, Fox News. The city of Austin's Homeland Security and Emergency Management Department has released a plan for April 8th. That's the date of the total eclipse. They're concerned about safety and access during the events, which is expected to bring a large volume of visitors well, across central Texas, with the average hotel occupancy rate currently at 70%, the city of Austin's director of Homeland Security and Emergency Management, Ken Snipes, he says April's eclipse viewing is expected to be on par with, you know, the big spring festivals and other large gatherings. He spoke with KXAN. Think about, you know, maybe a South by Southwest or F1. So this is a, a lifetime event for a lot of folks. Um, and, you know, they haven't had a chance to see uh, an eclipse like this. We're prepared in that we have um, a lot of experience with these types of events or the size of, of these events. Um, I think the major difference here is that we're probably going to see a lot of people traveling to our city. Be prepared for other impacts like fuel. Uh, make sure you've taken time to do things that you need to do so that you don't have to compete uh, out on the roads with other folks that are coming to our area. For any event that requires you or you suggest that you might be looking towards the sun, you should wear special protective eyewear. Now, he also uh, tells KXAN that the Austin police will be staffed at 100%. Other agencies like the Austin Fire Department, Austin Travis County EMS, they'll be prepared and staffed up as well. There, uh, there is also uh, other uh, partner agencies uh, getting involved, including the Texas Department of Transportation. The biggest concern is, um, well, the, the expected traffic. It may be uh, kind of a surge in, uh, you know, fuel pumps, things, things like that. Some gas stations may run out of fuel during certain times of the day uh, leading up to that eclipse and the day of. It is 5.52 here at KLBJ. A new study finds that more than a billion people in the world are obese. The study by the World Health Organization was conducted with the help of 1,500 researchers between 1990 and 2022. The study, finding obesity quadrupled among children and adolescents and doubled among adults over the past 30 years. American Samoa and Tonga, located in the South Pacific, the nations with the highest obesity rate, 60%. The study finding the the obesity rate in women in the U.S. went up from 21% in 1990 to nearly 44% in 2022 and from 17% to 42% in men. The study concluding there's an urgent need for obesity prevention and weight loss to reduce the risk of disease. Sue Guzman, Fox News. Your car could be giving away your location, raising some concerns about potential domestic violence. Newer vehicles today come with tech to track your location, but there's concern that domestic abuse partners could be using such tech to track their victims. Congress already passed a law requiring cell phone companies detach cell lines from family plans if a person requests it in hopes of staying digitally hidden from an abuser. Now the FCC is demanding automobile makers do the same or at least make it possible for a person to stop another in their family from tracking their vehicle movement. The response from automakers has been mixed, but they say ways exist to stop transmitting one's location data. Eben Brown, Fox News. Concerns are growing following a, a hack attack on a major healthcare group. Several providers are impacted after a cyber attack on health and technology company Change Healthcare. It could delay some patients' prescriptions as well as paychecks for medical personnel. The widespread hacking could also disrupt hospital discharges. Change Healthcare, Optum, United Healthcare, and United Healthcare Group are all dealing with the effects of the cyber attack. It was first acknowledged February 21st. Will change 
Exchange Healthcare announced Thursday that ransomware group ALPHV, or Black Cat, had claimed responsibility. Tom Graham, Fox News. It is 554. Fox on film. I'm Michelle Polino. In theaters, Dune Part 2. The film features Timothy Chalamet as Paul Atreides, leading an all-star cast as Atreides unites with Cheney and the Fremen while on a warpath of revenge against the conspirators who destroyed his family, facing a choice between the love of his life, played by Zendaya, and the fate of the known universe. He endeavors to prevent a terrible future only he can foresee. Florence Pugh, Rebecca Ferguson, Christopher Walken, and Javier Bardem also star. I'm losing my mind. Streaming on Netflix, Adam Sandler stars in Spaceman, six months into a solitary research mission to the edge of the solar system, an astronaut, Jacob, played by Sandler, realizes that the marriage he left behind might not be waiting for him when he returns to Earth, desperate to fix things with his wife, played by Carrie Mulligan. He is helped by a mysterious creature from the beginning of time he finds hiding in the bowels of his ship. That's Fox on Film on Fox News. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. 6.05 here on the Todd and Oz Show. We're so glad you chose to join us here on the Freaky Fun Friday edition. And yeah, you can jump in anytime you want. The number is 512-836-0590. Yeah, you can use that very same number to text us and... Well, if you keep it clean, we might read the text on air. That's very possible. That's likely. And that's kind of a badge of honor you could wear throughout the day. That's right. That we read your text message live on the air. All right, jump in at 512-836-0590. We've got a lot to get to this morning, including the uh, the dueling border visits. Donald Trump was in Eagle Pass at ground zero of the chaos. And, well, uh, Joe Biden took a tour at the outlet mall in Brownsville and ate a churro. That's pretty much what happened. <laughs> that's right. That's that's pretty much it right there. That's right. And uh, and we'll dive a little bit deeper into that straight ahead. And and we learned that Austin, according to uh, the statesman, and according to you know some of those tax grabbers at City Hall, uh-huh. apparently Austin is seeing a shortfall in projected tax revenue. Mm. How about that? Yeah, it's a tax revenue problem, according to the statesman. Yeah, not a spending problem. But a tax revenue problem. They blame it partially, I guess, on the slowdown of sales tax revenue growth. Uh, also, you, there's no way that you can't say that, well, we haven't just been spending like drunken sailors. Not to mention the end of the Federal American Rescue Plan funding. Right. That's coming up dry, which could leave uh, the fate of some city programs uncertain. Well, you know, with the next budget cycle, here is the city's CFO, Ed Vanino. We are um, um, heading towards a, a, a fiscal cliff with our ARPA spending. And I don't say a cliff to be overly dramatic, but it, it does kind of, that's just the image I get in my head because in ARPA, we received $188 million of federal stimulus dollars. Uh, council approved a spending framework of $263 million that included the ARPA funding, it included some grant funding, and it included some general fund reserves. So $266 million influx of funding into our budget that allowed us, allowed us to elevate um, services in a number of areas. Well, listen, this would be a great opportunity for uh, Kirk Watson, who uh, uh, apparently wants to be your mayor again, mm-hmm. to launch a trimming the fat program. Sure would. And go city hall by city, you know, city department by city department and trim a little fat to save money. That would guarantee his re-election. Absolutely. Well, I was digging through that that uh, meeting the other day, listening to Van Uno talk, and he told him, he says, at some point when these ARPA funding runs out, and believe me, we will spend every cent, you're going to have to make a decision. Will you revert back to pre-COVID spending? Councilman Ryan Alter, he's really concerned about this. 
And he says, well, why don't we just look, take some money from the police department, really, is what he said. In a, in a roundabout way. Yeah. And then city manager Jesus Garza and Ed Vino stepped in. I'm wondering, uh, is that something we expect to continue? Is is the department doing anything to address that? Uh, that is the overtime budget. Right. We're short-staffed, and we've been spending a lot of money at Austin Police Headquarters on overtime. Overtime. I see Chief Henderson <laughs> yeah, Chief, <laughs> making her me, way down. Let me, Chief, as you come up uh, to answer this question, let me... Try to address this a little bit. Uh, yes, I think there's been a, a bolus of overtime that happened in the first quarter. Uh, part of the, what's driving that is the short the, the, the number of officers that are still missing from the roster. And so you can imagine what the chief is having to deal with when we need to cover an evening shift and there are no takers. Or there's very few takers. Yeah, I think it's uh, incredibly obvious to everybody listening right now that the defunding and the reimagining of public safety has been a total failed experiment. An abject failure. Not only has it made the city less safe, just look at the obituaries, yeah. but it has also affected the budget. Yeah, because, you know, he, he's like, all right, well, we don't have enough cops, and so we, ha we have to provide cops in different sectors of the city. We can't have what we had in East Austin a couple of weeks ago happen constantly. So, yes, they're going to get overtime. They're going to get a lot of it because we have hundreds of officer shortages right now. Mm. Hundreds. You know, they say 350, 400, you know, I think in a lot of reports, but I think it's well above 500 when you add in the 2020 cuts. Yeah, the CFO, Ed Vanino. In the case of the police department, where you look at council authorized somewhere around 1,800 sworn personnel, and we currently have about 1,450 sworn personnel boots on the street, that creates a lot of savings that we had budgeted for salaries that the chief is now needing to use in overtime to to meet the to meet the mission. Yeah, Ryan Alter, he's told us uh, just a few weeks ago he doesn't understand economics and finance. Yeah. He's he's he he wears that like a badge of honor and he just got a little economic education there at City Hall. He's the guy that thought that uh you know what they get like a million dollar uh million dollar something recently from the federal government. It's like a grant and he said, "Well, it's free money." And, yeah. and somebody said, "No, it's actually it's tax money." And he's like, "Well, it's still free money." Uh -huh. No, it's tax money. Uh Junior is is on line 1, wants to weigh in here on the Todd and Oz show. Junior What's on your mind? Well, good morning. How are you? We're great. Well. What's what's going on? Well, we've been missing you all week, Todd. Um, well, I, I've been out a couple of days, but go ahead. Uh, what's what's on your mind? Well, everybody heard the uh, speech that the president gave yesterday oh. uh, while he was down at the border, right? Yes, sir. Uh, I was listening in uh, on the Mark and Melinda show, <clears throat> and... Uh, I just, I'm just curious, am I the only one that actually heard him talk about the 20 houses that were burned to the ground, but the one house that was there because it had the right roof on it? You talking about the fire up there in, in the panhandle? Hang on a second. Hang yeah. on a second, Junior. Just, just, just listen, okay? Listen. Such thing as climate change. I love that, man. I love some building on the progress we've made fighting climate crisis, and we're going to keep help folks rebuild themselves in the wake of these disasters. And we rebuild to the standards that are up the up to date standards and building codes and the rest. Because a lot, of, if you fly over these areas that are burned to the ground, you'll see in the midst of. 20 homes that are just totally destroyed. One home sitting there because they had the right roof on it. Is that what, what? you're talking about, Junior? 
The right that's roof that exactly, doesn't burn? Exactly the one that I yeah. was talking about. You're talking about those blue <laughs> roofs that we saw in Miami, that are rather in Honolulu, Maui, that didn't burn. Right, yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly, the red roof. Yeah, what is, what is he talking about? That is what I would like to know. I am not a conspiracy theorist. No, not but, no. um that kind of brings to mind what people were talking about. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, let's uh, we'll open up the phones. Uh, listen, you can jump in at 512-836-0590. Yeah, I, I, I caught that. That's why I pulled that audio, Junior. 618, let's get you to Eagle Pass and the Border Chief Union President, Brandon Judd, with the president, the former president, standing behind him. President, thank you. Thank you. Uh, sir, I, wa- I want you to know, your agents, my agents, they're mad as hell absolutely mad that President Biden went to Brownsville, Texas, rather than going to Arizona, rather than going to San Diego, California, rather than coming to Eagle Pass, Texas, which has been the epicenter. What President Trump has seen right here is he's seen how his policies have worked, but he's also seen how he can expand upon those policies once he takes goes back into the White House. He has yeah, there you go. That was uh, there in Eagle Pass uh, just uh, yesterday afternoon. Meanwhile, uh, Joe Biden, he made a stop in Brownsville. He went to the outlet mall and he loves churros. <laughs> Which takes a lot more to go out to the communities and have to find these individuals and arrest them in the communities and bring them back into custody. Which makes it more dangerous for not only me, for the non-citizen and the public at large. Okay, what, what's the better way to take on these cartels? Well, sir, uh, Katrina Berger, uh, I'm the EAD for HSI, Homeland Security Investigations. We I talk- knew that. I'm sorry. But they didn't. I'm glad you said that. I should have said you. Yeah, we should talk- have said your name. He was just reading from a card there. He didn't know who these people were. That's right. Didn't even know what question to ask. He didn't want to be there. No, no, it was, it was pretty clear. I mean, this is, this is not a state that Joe Biden fancies all that much. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, you've got, you've got the same old you know, Corinne Jean-Pierre and the same old talking points of this was just a... Uh, a big political stunt by by Donald Trump and Republicans. All they had to do was work with us on this most robust uh, border security bill ever put forth. So you know it can the, the problem continues to be the Republicans' fault. Well, let's if you ask the Democrats. If you ask the Democrats, but let's let's do a little flashback. How about this? Let's do that. September twenty twenty one on MSNBC. Alejandro Mayorkas. And I'd like to understand from you what Trump era immigration policies have been banned, ended reversed and if any investigations are underway by you uh, so we have rescinded so many uh trump immigration policies it would take so much time to list them <laughs> Ugh. thank you alejandro meanwhile a federal judge here in austin yesterday Mm. Uh, blocked the uh, the state officials from implementing uh, the immigration law that would have allowed them to arrest, jail, and prosecute illegal aliens. Right. This is SB four. Yeah. The uh, the Justice Department and the American Civil Liberties Union had challenged the uh, the law known as SB four, which is was set to take effect. Uh, well, tomorrow, right? I think Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday March fifth. It is. Uh, in in a 114-page uh, order, Judge David Ezra here in town, U.S. District Court of the Western District, granted uh, the challenger's request for a preliminary injunction. So uh, it's not over. I don't want to say it's blocked. It's just uh, got a pause right now, I guess, until they get a hearing. Yeah, yeah. I, I but I, you know, based on what I've heard, you know, sort of the reaction in the courtroom to, uh, by Judge David Ezra. I mean, he almost laughed. At times, they say, you know, he's he's clearly not in on the side of this law. 
uh, you know, based on you know the the evidence that I've heard from people that have, that were there. So I would not be surprised if ultimately this this you know it, this gets shot down. Here's what Ezra wrote: He uh, that the Constitution, the Supreme Court precedents make it clear that states cannot enforce immigration measures without federal approval, and the state law conflicts with federal law. He rejected an argument from Texas that the state's authority to repeal an invasion allows it to enforce SB4, writing that the surges in the immigration do not constitute an invasion within uh, within the meaning of the Constitution. Mm. Doesn't amount to an invasion, is what he says. Well, uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of us would beg to differ. I mean, sure, we're not being invaded by an entire army armed to the teeth, but it's we certainly, I mean, 9 million people? Uh, what do you call it then? How can you address the affordability crisis when it comes to housing in America with an open border? You can't. How can you address the affordability and the budgeting issues at your local hospitals with an open border? How can you finance public education with an open border? Did the judge take those things into account and how, okay, uh, he doesn't like the word invasion. How about overwhelmed? Now, he, he prefers words like suffering grave, irreparable harm, mm. things like that. You know, I mean, because he's arguing that, well, other states will follow Texas lead. We'll have a patchwork of immigration. And you know what? Considering that Joe Biden won't enforce the law, what's so bad? What's so bad about states who will? Well, here's what Judge Edgeworth said. He, he said, lastly, he, he said that allowing Texas to enforce the law would mean states could override federal statutes, a discredited constitutional theory known as nullification. He says, allow Texas to permanently supersede federal directives on the basis of an invasion would amount to the nullification of federal law and authority, a notion that is uh, antithetical to the Constitution and has been unequivocally rejected by federal courts since the Civil War, is what Ezra said. Now, uh, Governor Greg Abbott responded and vowed to immediately appeal this decision and uh, will not back down, he says, in the fight to protect the states and the nation. Uh, he says, uh, you know, from President Biden's border crisis, uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton has uh, will soon file a notice to the court that the state is appealing this ruling. Well, you know, so so I understand this argument. I understand it on, on a base level. It makes sense. Yes, the immigration should be the federal government's responsibility. But what you, what do you do when that federal government has abdicated all duties? I mean, you know, at that point, it's like someone has to be the adult in the room because you can't just say, oh, well, we so desperately want to, to maintain political power as Democrats that we will allow as many people to illegally cross as possible. They're going to love us for it. But, it, but at what cost? Well, it will absolutely, the, the nation will buckle under the weight of it all. Financially, socially, it, it won't matter. I mean, everything, everything. So somebody's got to be taking charge here. Greg Abbott, all these border states should be looking at Greg Abbott saying, let's do the same thing. He's on uh, Trump's shortlist. He is. He is. Trump made it pretty clear that uh, Greg Abbott is, uh, I think he said, absolutely uh, a uh, uh, on, on the vice presidential shortlist, which I, I'm, I'm not surprised. But this is the first time I've heard that, you know, as, as of yesterday, mm-hmm. says, uh, I, I, I guess Sean Hannity actually Trump says he's done a great job, certainly would be somebody that I would very much consider. All right. There you go. Uh, what, go what do you think about that? Do you, you think Greg Abbott would make a fine vice president? Certainly couldn't be worse than Kamala Harris, but who I think could. He, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, he should be on if he's on the short list. That's I think that's okay. Yeah, sure, yeah, absolutely. Well, he's you know he's our governor. I wouldn't really have a problem with it. Six twenty five. You could jump in at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Listen, uh, you probably didn't see it yesterday because you were you were busy at work. 
taking care of your bills and taking care of your family and that sort of thing. But uh, there's a contract between a, a professional services company called, uh, what's the name of this company? Cognizant. Cognizant. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, and, and then the tech company, Alphabets, uh, ended uh, this past Thursday, leading to a bunch of layoffs of the YouTube music workers. Right. They've unionized. And they went to City Hall, and they got Zocondri on their side to pass some kind of resolution to protect the YouTube music workers union. Yeah. Cognizance and Google uh, both uh, tell KXA that the contract reached its planned expiration date. Right? That's that's exactly right. Well, in uh, 2023, April of 23, the National Labor Relations Board announced that YouTube music content operations team won an election and they created a union. Think about that. It was a group of employees that had a six-month contract to do a job. At the end of six months, this contract is coming to an end. That's right. So they unionized and they got a council member to save their jobs. Yes. If you're a contract <laughs> worker... The last thing you should do is try to unionize. Well, and that's I think that's why Google is kind of like, look, we're not really interested in, in negotiating with your, quote, union, you know, get, get your contract work. Well, they were wasting the people's time. And during the scheduled meeting yesterday, the Austin City Council passed this resolution supporting them on a vote of uh, nine to one. Here, here <laughs> you got to listen to this. This is, this is how they found out they lost their job. That's right. President, thank you. Thank you. No, no, hang on a second. Here it is. So to be supported by the city of Austin and also our allies in the labor community, give us the motivation to keep this fight Not going. Not to interrupt, but they just laid us all off. Oh. Yeah. They, they just laid us all off. <laughs> we just all, I guess we just all Our got jobs off. are ended today, effective immediately. Wow. Um, well, I'm sorry your time's expired. <laughs> Watson says your time's expired. <laughs> this guy's whole world came crashing down around him, and then Watson says, all right, go sit down. Bravely stood up, and, and they testified today uh, only to be fired, and uh, I, I had that verified and also verified by the, that they had to leave City Hall to make sure they were able to get their belongings from their office because their key cards and devices had been deactivated by the time they had already left the building. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's classic how, corporate move right there. That's how it works. Yeah. Six thirty-three here on the Todd and Oz show. You can join us at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. There was a story just last week in which the city of uh, Georgetown issued uh, some sort of a press release or statement from a well, they had a city commissioned report to talk about the future water needs of uh, Georgetown, Texas. Mm. Uh, at the time, that city commissioned report indicated that they may run out of water by the year 2030 unless they make some dramatic changes. Right. Well, now the city, days later, is responding to their own reports that they commissioned. And what are they saying now? Yeah, so that, well, they, they have uh, sent out a press release they, uh, responding to this saying, uh, and, and it says right at the top of this thing, George, the city of Georgetown is not in danger of running out of water by 2030, okay. uh, as, as originally uh, reported. So basically they're, they're saying the media reports of this were wrong. They were looking at, there's a, there was a 2023 water planning document that mm -hmm. came out. And uh, one of the pages in that document mentioned something about uh, they're going to have to get uh, a new supply line going by 2030 to avoid any sort of uh, shortfalls in growth projections. But the city comes out and they said, no, 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 we, we've already, we, by, as of 2022, we started making long-term water plans. We have since secured high-quality groundwater through the uh, Carrizo-Wilcox Aquifer through 2050. So, uh, you know, they haven't found a, 
a forever solution here, but they say absolutely not by 2030. We'll, we'll still be just fine uh, at that point because we'll have plenty of water through at least 2050. So there's no concern at all? Not there, there's, there's, there's no alarm, no concern. They're not making any changes at all. Doesn't look like it. Oh, okay. Doesn't look like it. Uh, the, I mean, the, the city is, uh, I mean, they, they came out very clearly with this statement. Uh, you know, it says, in the last few days, several local media outlets have published or aired stories that ran with headlines inaccurately implying the city of Georgetown water utility may run out of water by 2030. All right, there, well, there you go. To be clear, not in any danger. Okay, that's good. Yes. Man, what a roller. Get a little whiplash there. I know, I know. 635, you could jump in at 512-836-0590. Kevin is in Georgetown. Kevin, good morning. You're on the air, Kevin. What's on your mind? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, you know, I listened to Biden, the soundbite you played a minute ago about uh, the Republicans had the best opportunity for border security and the uh, bipartisan bill, and they failed. I just think that uh, our senior Senator John Cornyn and the rest of the established Republicans and Mitch and the boys really set us up a failure by, well, last year when the House took over, they passed this trillion-dollar omnibus to give the, the, the Democrats a deal, and then now they, they work with them on this border bill, and that really is nothing at all, but it just makes the House Republicans and our party look bad, you know? Mm. No, no, listen, uh, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, are you concerned about uh, the senators that represent you here in the state of Texas? Ted Cruz, John Cornyn? I'm sorry? Are you concerned about uh, how they may vote on some of this legislation? Ted Cruz and John Cornyn? Well, yeah, I'm not worried about Cruz, but John Cornyn is just, he's the same as uh, Chuck Schumer in my book. He's a, he's a Democrat, you know, and uh, uh, he may be good for Texas if he gets minority leader, but I think he's not good for the country. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think John Cornyn's going to get minority leader. I think uh, I think that's very likely going to go to Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky. Uh, he's got a lot of support behind mm-hmm. him. And it's interesting, though, uh, Kevin, that you bring up Senator John Cornyn. Uh, you've seen the rumblings. You've seen the articles in the social media of how a lot of Republicans are disappointed in him. Oh, yeah. And, Big and, time. I, and I kind of feel like rightfully so. Voted for this border bill, voted for uh, the NDAA, you know, the uh, the warrantless surveillance of Americans. He, he, he approved those kinds of things. It's really interesting because uh, John Cornyn did a great job when it came to uh, the nomination of some Supreme Court justices, specifically Brett Kavanaugh. Did a great job on that front. Yes, he did. He really did. Handled himself very well. Controlled everything. I recall him being a great uh, Texas Supreme court justice but it appears that a lot of republicans have um well found some uh, some disagreements with him especially when it comes to red flag laws and things like that yeah. the american firearms association they caught up with senator Cornyn just uh, a day ago two days ago well, in, in D.C., walking up the steps of the Capitol building. Hey, Cornyn. Yes. You're delivering a great big victory for the gun control crowd. What have you ever done in your Senate career to expand gun rights? I think you're uh, propagating huh? misinformation. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. You're, 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 funding, you're funding red flags for all the states, dude. What the heck? What have you ever done in your Senate career to advance gun rights? Nothing. Anything? Yeah, there you go, and he, he walks away. And uh, and John Cornyn has expressed interest in supporting red flag laws mm-hmm. when it comes to guns. But I'll be honest with you, this division of the Republican Party in Texas, we saw it with that impeachment hearing and Dade Fallon and Ken Paxton not sure. too long ago, late last year, and uh, the division between some Republicans. Mm-hmm. And, a lot and, of it. And I'll be honest with you, Republicans at the state, state capitol, you've confused Republicans across this state. They don't know who to support. 
Yeah, unfortunately, I think you're right. I mean, the, the chasm, and it's only growing larger. I mean, now you've got, uh, you know, uh, Ken Paxton teasing a primary challenge to John Cornyn. You know, uh, there are def- they're absolutely different factions right now, and, and it's almost like they're, they're growing farther and farther apart yeah. and, and on, on some very important issues. Yeah. You know, like I, 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 my, my big issue with John Cornyn right now is that, you know, he's, he's the senator from Texas. He knows what's in our own backyard at the border. And he voted for that monstrosity of a bill that gives $60 billion to Ukraine and gives absolutely $0 to the United States for, for any sort of border security, for his own border and his own state he claims to care so much about. It, would it makes allow- me feel like he just wants to get reelected, and that's it. How many would it allow in, that border bill? Well, that's not that he did. He actually voted against that one, but it was the one he voted for that had zero dollars. Right. He voted against the one that would allow eighty five hundred a day in. Uh, thank thank goodness for that. But uh, I, I don't. He didn't do us any favors by voting for Ukraine and nothing for us. He voted for the Ukrainian border ahead of the U.S. That's border. Exactly what he did. Uh, well, Joe Biden made a stop along the southern border yesterday in Brownsville, calling on Republicans to back that Senate border bill. Uh, Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick rejected that call. When I hear the president and any of the Democrats try to blame the Republicans on that bill, that it was a bipartisan bill. No, it wasn't. It was about four idiot Republican senators and all Democrats who wanted to pass the bill. That was it. Yeah. House Republicans introducing uh, and passing uh, their own legislation to fund the border patrol agents and resume wall construction, restarting the remain in Mexico policy. But the uh, the Democrat controlled Senate is refusing to uh, to take up that legislation. So uh, it, it just yesterday, I think it was Corinne Jean-Pierre, the uh, White House press secretary, was asked about the whole Lake and Riley murder over there in, in, uh, in Georgia. And she really immediately pivoted and saying, well, look, here's the thing. We've done the hard work to make sure that we've, we're dealing uh, with a broken immigration system. The Republicans have just gotten in the way. Ah. It's the continued talking point. She says they've gotten in the way. That's why we continue to see over and over again these problems. And she says, but this is a serious matter. They just aren't serious about it. And I, Nothing from the White House. Oh, about Riley? Yeah. No, absolutely. Nothing at all. They don't care about her. How, how many tweets do you think came from the White House in regards to George Floyd? I know dozens I mean, and dozens. And Joe Biden himself was seen there, uh, you know, kneeling, and and uh, I, I there were a few. I remember tweets straight from his own. Uh, true. His own Twitter account. Listen, uh, Joe Biden made a stop in Brownsville yesterday, and the former president Donald Trump went to Ground Zero in Eagle Pass. The former President Trump visited Eagle Pass, Texas, where Texas National Guard members and state law enforcement are stationed, and where the divide between the federal and state government is growing wider. It's a military operation. I mean, we have a military, this is like a war. Trump touted his immigration policies and pointed to the Biden administration when discussing the recent murder of Georgia college student Lakin Riley. A man believed to be in the U.S. illegally is charged in her killing. The monster that charged, uh, charged in the death is an illegal alien migrant who was led into our country and released into our communities by crooked Joe Biden. He's crooked. Trump was joined by members of the Texas Guard and the state's governor, Greg Abbott, who said that Texas will continue to do what he insists the federal government won't in securing the southern border. Unless and until Joe Biden steps up and does his job, that Texas will continue to bust those migrants to sanctuary cities all across the United States of America. Trump called what's happening at the border a Biden invasion. Last year, almost half of all ICE arrests were criminal aliens charged for more than 33,000 assaults, 3,000 robberies, 
6,900 burglaries. The president was hundreds of miles away in Brownsville, Texas, where he took a different approach and offered a message to his political rival. Here's what I would say to Mr. Trump. Instead of playing politics with this issue, instead of telling members of Congress to block this legislation, join me, or I'll join you in telling the Congress to pass this bipartisan border security bill. We can do it together. There was some speculation the president could announce an executive order related to immigration, but he didn't. Instead, he doubled down on his call for Congress to pass a recently failed proposal he believes would fix the surge of migration. For this deal, we could hire 1,500 additional border security agents. 1,500 additional office and officers. While no immediate action was taken at the border, the dueling trips brought attention to what will continue to be a top issue on the campaign trail. I'm Clayton Neville. They made uh, six apprehensions in Brownsville yesterday. They made more than 750 in Eagle Pass mm. and thousands more in Arizona. Joe Biden did not go to where the problem is. No. And that has offended Border Patrol agents big time this morning. There were more than 2,000 in the days leading up to Trump's visit Eagle Pass. More than 2,000 illegal immigrant crossings. 46 in Brownsville. 648 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Jump in here at 512-836-0590. Texas Department of Public Safety, Lieutenant Chris Avareras in Eagle Pass this morning uh, in a conversation with Fox reporter Lawrence Jones uh, talking about these two trips to the border, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. But the contrast between the two visits, obviously yesterday I was in Eagle Pass uh, with the former president. And you look at the two visits, you know, the president came to visit Brownsville, Texas. Brownsville, Texas, at one point last year in May, was ground zero. Yeah. The week leading up to Title 42. We saw thousands of Venezuelans that were coming across. But one thing that we were able to do was we shut down that area. We secured it. Our National Guard soldiers, our state troopers, we put concertina wire along the river and we shut down that area. We secured it. So the president would have got to see that if you actually visit it along the border, along the river, he would have seen those efforts by the state of Texas. Now you go to Eagle Pass, where the former president was, we gave him a high-level brief. We talked about the national security, public safety threats, the cartels, talking about what really impacts the country. We've seen all these violent crimes from some of these illegal immigrants that have violent backgrounds that should not be in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, just tragic loss of life at the hands of a legal immigrant that should not be in the country in the first place. So the president got to see that. You know, he actually got to see, walk along the river. He thanked soldiers, mm-hmm. troopers, got to see firsthand what the state of Texas was able to do at Shelby Park because we were able to seize control of that park. And now, ever since then, ever since January 11th, there's been a 90% decrease in illegal border crosses in that area. And the ones that do cross, we arrest them and we take them to jail for state crimes. You know, it's so crazy, LT, because... The, the president, former president, also brought up this point, and I thought it was powerful. How many people are actually in the country? Let's play the sound for the former president. This border makes 2016 look like baby stuff. It's probably the worst border. Not probably. It's the worst border ever in the history of the world. There's never been a border where 15, 16, maybe 18 million people have already crossed. And I think nobody has any idea what the number is. You know, the gotaways, they don't know what the gotaways are. What's going on with our country? I'll tell you, you come to Texas, this is now a war zone. And they view it as a war zone. And Mexico's doing nothing to help us. The former president called it a war zone, and he said, we don't know how many people are here. 
I mean, what's the number like? What, what are we hearing? You know, that's one thing that keeps us up at night, you know, especially law enforcement, is that we don't know. We talk about the gotaways, you know, over two million, which the number is much higher than that. You take into account all the, the, the millions of people that have come across the border illegally in the last three years. There's really no way of knowing. And I think that's where we see those public safety and national security threats. But one thing that really stood out to me, I just want to add this from yesterday, the two visits, is when the former president actually mentioned Lake and Riley, talked yeah. about those national security threats, public safety threats, the safety and security of the American people in the country, because how many more Lake and Rileys are we gonna see moving forward? How many have we lost in the last three years? Mm -hmm. Not just the hands of illegal immigrants that should not be in the country in the first place with criminal backgrounds, but also fentanyl poisoning. Yep. The families, the friends that have lost loved ones because of fentanyl poisoning, that still remains to be a threat. And I think if the federal government truly cared about the American people, and about the, the safety of our country, they would actually take action today, not point the fingers, yep. not make excuses, take action. Yeah, Lieutenant uh, Chris Alvarez there in Eagle Pass with Lawrence Jones on Fox News just a few minutes ago. And yeah, you can hear the passion in his voice. He's really mm -hmm. concerned. Uh, rightfully so. Should I'm, be. It is, an, it is a war zone down there. There are tons of problems. The Border Patrol Union, they're, they're fired up about it as well, telling Biden before he got there, make sure you keep our name out of your mouth. Uh, and and I heard I heard the Border Patrol Union head uh, what's it Brandon Judd yep I think he said uh, and I, I believe he's right you know it says even if Joe Biden were to put the policies back in place it would only be just to to save his presidency that's the only reason he even showed up down there yesterday he's got to admit that's a mistake first right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah but and, and and then what did he do down there he pivots and he talks about climate change well that that's that's great that's what we want to hear on the border yeah and, and we want to hear uh you know as you talk about the texas fire the largest in state history we want to hear about the house with the blue roof that survived thanks to uh you know it's climate change proof whatever well the white house is talking this morning newsman rich edson checks in last two presidents went down to texas to tour the southern border both with very different approaches on how to address the historic surge in migration at the southern border president biden went to brownsville texas toward the border there for some time he and democrats are pressing republicans to follow through on the bipartisan border bill negotiated in the senate the bill would spend billions on border patrol officers asylum officers detention facilities immigration judges and as cities around the country struggle to take in many of these migrants. Quote, the bill also includes $1.4 billion for cities and states who are providing critical services to newcomers and would expedite work permits for people who are in the country and qualify. Newsman uh, Rich Edson reporting from the White House this morning. Listen, you could jump in at 512-836-0590. I, I am in no way an expert on squatters' rights, but I am seeing some tweets and some stories across the country that say, well, in, in a nutshell, they say, just wait until these illegal aliens learn about the squatters' rights that some states have. And the ACLU starts going to bat for them in court. Right. Yeah, because you know they will. And, and I guess squatters' rights change state to state or vary state to state. I'm not an expert on that whatsoever. I know some states have a much bigger problem. Mm -hmm. California, very liberal with their squatters' rights. Mm -hmm. I mean, stay a couple of nights there and you could stay forever, it seems like. Yeah. And, and there's these... Well, these countless stories of families that have lost property. Mm -hmm. Well, there's one out there right now. I saw somebody's, I think it's like a two, $3 million home that some guy has just taken over because the owners, you know, had left it vacant for a while. So the guy thought, all right, I'll just move into it. Now he's squatting there. How, how, I just don't understand how anywhere under any stretch of the law that could be legal. In fact, it should be legal 100% for me to go in there and drag you out by your ears and teach you a lesson. Sure sounds like theft, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And, and, and this is a nation that was built on property rights. I know. 
Yeah. It, it, it just did you certainly that that doesn't feel like the pro, the, the property owner's got many rights when he can't kick somebody out who doesn't belong there. Did you catch the new phrase that Joe Biden in the White House is using now? Did you catch the new phrase? Did you catch that? Which one? Newcomers. Oh yes, 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 yes. Not undocumented. Not uh, not illegal aliens. Not uh, not immigrants. Right. Newcomers. I heard them uh, using Newcomers. that phrase in uh, in Denver. I think that that's got to be, you know, the, the the Democrats, I like to send out their little memos. Everybody make sure you get on the same page with your talking points. Newcomers. So I think you're going to start hearing that from coast to coast. The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings 5 to 10 on News Radio KLBJ. Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults aged 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ.